0: Welcome to this episode of Pen to Paper Press Podcast. I'm Cindy Coaches. I enjoyed speaking with best-selling authors, writers, editors, publishers, and creative souls about the process of developing our stories to completing our works of art. Each episode is an opportunity for us to explore mindsets, pearls of wisdom, and the experiences that began our journey as an author from the moment we put pen to paper today John Sanso has joined me in the virtual studio. He is the author of Sales Warrior and has been professionally selling for 31 years. He is the host of an international comedy podcast and a motivational speaker. Welcome John.
1: Hey, thanks Cindy. I'm so happy to be on your podcast. It's just awesome.
0: <laughs> Thank you. It's good to have you here. I'm curious. How did you come up with the title of Sales Warrior?
1: Yeah, you know, so Warrior is what I think of when I think of what I've been doing for the last 31 years, and 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 I liken it to the running back in a uh, in a football game. Okay. So a salesperson makes a little bit of uh, a little bit of yardage over a long period of time, which ultimately ends up in a touchdown, if if they have the ability and the resilience to stay the course. Unfortunately, a lot of salespeople quit before they reach the touchdown, mm-hmm. and a lot of them expect to have instant results, just like, you know, microwave popcorn. Unfortunately, life is not microwave popcorn.
0: No. <laughs> no. <laughs> So, why did you write this book, and and truly, who is the book for?
1: You know, I think the book is for anybody. I know it's called Sales Warrior, and, and initially, I thought of salespeople, you know, working for a corporation that have a quota. But I think it's for coaches. I think it's for life, pe- you know, people that are life coaches anybody at all that's trying to advance their business, people that have salespeople that work for them. I think the mind of a salesperson is lost on a lot of people. Um, I think I also wrote it because frustration. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like there was anything out there that was relevant, authentic, up to date for this time that we're living in right now. Like I'm living in this time right now, just like you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just did a million dollars in business last week. So I haven't stopped selling. Um, I am just launching my inspiration wave across the world before one day I do stop selling. Whereas most people that write the types of books that I write and, 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 and call themselves a, uh, a sales trainer, what have you, mm-hmm. that's all they do is train. Like they stopped 20 years ago. I've been oh, doing it yeah. strong successfully strong for 31 years and 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 from doing it for this long a person needs inspiration. Instruction is great, but inspiration is is what people really need. In all walks of life. I mean, yes. it's hard to drive yourself to success when primarily you get rejection.
0: It is. It is. It's, uh, sales is not an easy job because of the fact, or profession, I shouldn't call it just a job. Um, because you are facing the rejection. How do you handle the rejection? Do you take it personally? Do you take it, you know, off the cuff and like, okay, it's not me, it's the product there. It is a mental battering. If you're not prepared to, to do it.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I think the world needs more inspiration. The world has the daily news. It has the nightly news. It has all the negative information. Yes. We have our preachers, thank God, and our priests and our rabbis and, and uh, our other motivational, spiritual people, mm-hmm. but, the, but the world needs more inspiration. And so me, I have, been a gatherer of inspiration for over thirty-one years. So in my downtime, I have spent my time reading and learning about inspirational materials, mm-hmm. and and I really liken my success to the to the off hours that I've spent educating myself.
0: So as far as sales and and being in that profession, what yes. is what is something that you know, just makes it all worth it.
1: Yeah, you know, to me, I think of this a lot. And uh, and you have to have analogies to keep driving yourself, you know, day after day after day. So like a presentation, I think of like a rock concert. I think of myself as like the lead guitarist
0: <laughs> okay. and not
1: the road manager. And, and when I go into a presentation, I think of it as a show, a concert, what have you. Uh, and I'm ready, like I get myself in state management, I'm ready to go on stage, I'm ready to do what it uh, what it takes. Uh, but your question, and it's early in the morning, can you give it to me one more time?
0: <laughs> oh, you know, and I was just getting ready to reach for my mug of tea. <laughs> so, okay, yes. no, it's all good. <laughs> it is early in the morning when we're recording this. <laughs> but hey, it's what fits our schedule, so that's okay. I- no, it's okay. um, the the question is, um, uh-huh. was what makes doing sales for you? What, what makes it all worth it? What is it that just makes yeah, you want to keep no, going?
1: I, I can definitely, okay, something out of nothing. And, and that's a big thing that I teach in my book. Like a lot of people don't understand the term business. When they think of business, they think of people that like are, you know, have an MBA and are running a major corporation. Well, guess what? If you're running a major corporation and there's no orders for your factory, you're out of business. How do you get orders for your factory? Good salespeople. People don't understand. They put like the cart before the horse, so to speak. When they think of business, they think of the building. They think of the company. They don't think of the engine and, and the most important part of business is the sales process because ultimately, if you don't have sales, you don't have business. Right? People don't get that. Steve Jobs got that. So Steve Jobs, when he was first creating Apple, he went to this small computer guy with uh, with a very rudimentary computer. It right. didn't have a monitor. It didn't have a keyboard. Literally, all it was was a... Uh, was a board it was just a board with chips on it but but uh and he sold like 20 of them to this guy think of it like um a radio shack like a non-named radio shack he just Mm -hmm. sold this guy these uh these boards and uh, the guy sold them all because he's out in california and uh you know people had their own monitors people had their own um their keyboards what have you because you're you're in that area of California where you have all these engineers and you have all these people that really embrace technology and they were so excited. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, my first computer! <laughs> and uh, it, it, but Steve Jobs got it and and continued to get it like his entire life. It's all about sales. It doesn't matter how good your product is. It doesn't matter how good your advertising is. If you don't have people that can face the prospect and 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 relate what you're bringing to the table, whereas they can see it as a benefit to them and they can see it as value, then they will purchase it. In fact, I'll go one step further. If you have shown somebody a value in your product, you can't stop them from purchasing it. Mm. Like if they don't purchase it from you, they're going to purchase it from somebody else. Right. So, so there's a lot of wills to business, but, but, but I really want to just really drive home the fact of, of like many times I think people think of sales is the thing you do when you can't do anything else. If, and I'm <laughs> going to say that sales is the thing that has to be done before you can do anything else. Yes. Like you can't have business. There's no such thing as business without sales. It doesn't exist.
0: Right. Right. Because if you don't sell what you've got, then you can't pay your bills. You can't, you know, Yeah. You have to have that. I like how you you put that. And going back to the football reference, and I'm not, yeah. I mean, I get the gists of, of football and running down the field and, and so forth. But, you know, when you said that, it's it was like, yeah, because it's not always about walking up to somebody and, you know, or walking into a corporation and saying, um. Hey, I've got this product. Buy it, They buy it. No, you have to, you have to inform them. Okay, So that gets you a little down the field. They ask questions that put you, you know, may, may make you stumble backwards a step or two, but probably pushes you forward because if you can answer those questions. So I really like that analogy because of the fact that it is it's not the same play for every game. Mm -hmm. and it's not always the same result but when you score boy you feel the you know (laughs) you feel the same whether it's a little sale or a big sale I mean obviously a bigger sale you're going to do a little bigger touchdown dance but (laughs) right right Right. (laughs) but still you're going to do a dance when you hit that touchdown so I really appreciate that analogy and um, sure. <laughs> and that's going to put that visual in, in a lot of people's heads and hopefully make the concept of, oh, my God, I got to sell my book, um, you know, make it a little easier that, oh, wait, OK, if I put it into a different perspective, maybe it'll be a little easier. So rolling into, you know, yeah. because this podcast is uh, writers talking about their products and also. Um, speaking to fellow writers to help each other, you know, that's the community Mm -hmm. I'm building is to help each other in in the creative field. Yeah. So the idea of selling books, it's difficult and, and I'm not talking necessarily marketing because marketing is a whole different beast. And a lot of people, people want to put sales, marketing and advertising all in one thing. Yeah, you're generically doing the same thing, but they have three very separate roles. And it's not easy for a lot of writers who's holding their book and walking up to somebody and saying, will you buy my book? So, what is you know? Do you have a pearl of wisdom or a bit of advice to help you know them feel a little more at ease and less self-conscious?
1: <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> I would say uh, <clears throat> social media and uh, and marketing is uh, is paramount. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe one of my best vehicles right now is is my whole vehicle because I, uh, I do a lot of inspirational interviews like we're doing right now this morning, Cindy. Mm-hmm. Uh, this will be my fourth one this week. And um, that's a good way to get your name out about your book. It's like a virtual book tour. It's a lot of fun to do it. Um, hopefully it brings the pages alive for the reader. I'm a big believer. If you have a good product, you can't keep it away. I mean, there's what. Um, 300 million people here in the United States. There's over a billion people in China. There's over a billion people in India. My book costs $10 on Amazon. Each time I sell it, I make $7. Mm-hmm. If I can sell it to a million people, I've made $7 million, way worth my time. Right. And, and, and I firmly believe I'm going to sell a million copies. I'd be surprised if I don't sell a million copies because it's, it's, the, it's the type of a book that is going to inspire you over and over and over again because it, it teaches um, you what you need to get inspired. Like, like most people are walking around their home in a funk or they're in their office in a funk and they have a list of things they have to do and, and now that list of things they have to do has become stressful. Like, I want to bring that up like that term stress. True. I never even had that in my life until one day my uh, my uncle was in the hospital and I was riding in the car to go to McDonald's with my aunt and my aunt said, oh, I'm just so stressed about this whole situation. Prior to her saying the word stress, I didn't even know what stress meant. And then I and then and then I equated stress to, oh, it's when you have your husband in the hospital. You know, I was a young man. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even 13 years of age. And, and and that brings up a good point. Like the words we use are so important. Yes. Like, are we stressed? Or are, we, are we busy? Are we stressed? No, we're engaged. Are we stressed? No, we're um, productive. Like if we start reframing what we say about what we do, we mm-hmm. are going to feel better about what we're doing and we'll get more accomplished. And then like you had mentioned, like what, what jazzes you? Like I say that a lot. Like what jazzes me? I love making something out of nothing. I like <laughs> calling into a company has no idea who I am. I get through the uh, the gatekeeper. I get into the decision maker. By the time I'm done, they're calling me back and begging me for pricing. That that jazzes me. Yeah. And, uh, and 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 over the years, I've done this out of my house. You know, in in. And it's hilarious because like working with a major corporation out of your house, like does IBM have any idea at all that they're working with somebody in a t-shirt and shorts? You know what <laughs> I'm saying? Like,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And and that's exactly, I, I actually sold an IBM ThinkPad to IBM, wh- which I think is amazing. Um, the woman called me up and she's like, Hey, how much is an IBM ThinkPad, which is the IBM laptop for people that aren't super familiar and uh, I'm like, well, what do you mean? And she goes, well, we figured we might be able to get it cheaper from you since we've got a lot of software and other things from you at a really good price. And I'm like, hmm, I don't know if you will or not. So, uh, but let me, let me work on it. So I got with my distributor. I took an IBM ThinkPad. I think I added like $300 profit to it. Now, this was years ago. This was years ago when these things were very expensive. Today, they're very inexpensive. Um, yeah, I'm comparatively, talking back with, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a ThinkPad was probably $3,000 if I had to get, I mean, they were expensive. Most people couldn't afford a laptop back here. And it was like a Pentium 100, not to date myself. But um, but anyway, I think I added like $300 to $200 profit because I got to make profit because I'm in a business. right? And I sent her the quote and she calls me back and she's like, oh my God, that's such a better price than we can get internally. And I'm like, wow, they must be like really jamming you internally because she would have had to buy from another, uh, another, uh, business unit. So like, so that, I don't know, that, <laughs> these kind of things jazz me when, when you turn the uh, impossible into possible.
0: Yeah. I, and that's interesting. Um, <laughs> about the idea. <IBM. laughs> uh, so
1: yeah, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was, you know, I was, I was going to say, um, Let me look over my notes here. And of course, you know what I can
1: say so so your writers, what can they do to get motivated to sell their book? Yeah, they need a they need a warrior vision list. I talk about this a lot in my book. I'll say it on multiple podcasts. It's lost on a lot of people, but you don't understand the power of taking a pen and putting it to paper. I mean, you can type it in your computer too, but something magical happens when you put a pen to paper, right. when you say, I'm going to sell a hundred books, you start doing things to sell a hundred books, you start finding time, you start reaching out to people to get on podcasts, to promote your book. You start starting your own podcast so that you can promote your book on an ongoing basis. You start, you start doing things. It's, it's biblical. You, uh, it's a vision. You know, the, I think in the Bible, it says, without a vision, my people perish. Well, when you, I mean, Zig Ziglar talks about this. Tony Robbins talks about this. Tom Hopkins talks about this. Uh, Brian Tracy talks about this. Like, you'll find I'm very, very well read in my area. And uh, the vision list, the warrior vision list, the written list, I'm going to sell 100 books. And then your subconscious goes to work on it. How am I going to sell 100 books? Um, you start asking the right questions. That's what the key to success is. If you don't ask the right questions, you're not going to get the right answers. You're not going to utilize the law of attraction and bring things to you that should be coming to you because you're not reaching for them. And it all starts with a written list of goals. And I call it my warrior vision list. Some people put it out on like um, a big uh, banner and they it's like a vision board. And they have all these pictures of these nice things that they want in life. Like, here's a picture of a vacation I want to take. Here's a picture of a boat I want. Here's a picture of a horse I want. Um, but, but it all starts with a vision,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and that's what jazzes you. So as you get closer and closer to this, to this, to this dream that you have or this vision that you have, that's how you get success. But it all starts like with that vision, and then you got to work on yourself. Like if you're timid to sell your book, you got to work on yourself and get to the point where you believe your book and the price of your book is worthy of uh, you know people buying it.
0: Mm-hmm. So somebody who is timid and is and and feeling a little insecure and and not feeling that they have the courage. To yeah. Get out there and, you know, say, Hey, will you buy my book? What is something that you would offer to them to help give them that little extra, you know, uh, inspiration or motivation to, um, for them to work off of to help build their courage and, and build their.
1: Yeah. Well, I think the power of association is really strong. So maybe find somebody else who's trying to sell their book and, uh, you know, parlay them together, uh, do some joint marketing, I think is, uh, is very strong thing to do. Like, like the one thing you can't do in business is let your ego get in the way of making money. So if you find somebody else that's trying to sell a book that might be like yours, um, realize that there are going to be some people that are going to want to buy their book and some people that are going to want to buy your book. And, uh, in, in, in the more you, uh, you do this, uh, you know, co-marketing, so to speak, mm-hmm. could be very powerful for uh, for selling your uh, your your product. Um, but working on oneself all starts with a list of three, and I talk about this in my book. But you got to you got to be able to personalize yourself like you do a product. You got to be able to tell people in a very concise way who you are. So so me, and I've worked on this for years. So don't think that like I. That, that like, I'm just making this up off the top of my head. Like this is my, in my head before I even mention it. But like, when I describe myself, I use the power of three. The power of three are three specific benefits of me. Like things that I know that are about me that make me special. And everybody needs that. And, and you mm-hmm. build that by having a list of your 10 best accomplishments. So you look at your 10 best accomplishments and you say to yourself, why did I have these ten best accomplishments? Like, what qualities do I have that allowed for these ten best accomplishments to occur? And and then you got to break it down into three. I try to make mine as interesting as possible. But here are my three. So I'm a sales guru of 31 years of uh, professional selling. I'm mm-hmm. um, also a rock and roll historian. Like I can tell you just about anything about anything significant in the rock and roll business to an to an nth degree. Okay. So, so not a lot of people can do that. Nope. <laughs> and, uh, and, and also, like, I'm a very caring and, uh, and loving family person. Um, like, my family is, like, everything to me. Um, I'm very in touch with my family. My family comes from Sicily in Germany, and Germany. Uh, and I know of and connected to the majority of my, of my cousins that are all around the world. Um, because family is that important to me. So I'm connected to my family. I'm a very strong family person. I'm a sales guru of, of 31 years, and I'm a rock and roll historian. Like I can pretty much tell you anything significant <clears throat> that has happened in the music business over the last 50 years.
0: You know, I, I like that you brought up what are the benefits of me and, and making a list of that. Because that helps to boost our self-confidence. It helps us to see the good in us. And, you know, as you were saying it, I could hear a couple of people grumble in my mind, you know, going, I don't have three things or ten things that I've accomplished. And it's like, whoa, you know, it's like I, I can hear those people grumbling about that. And it's like getting up. I got up, made the bed. That's an accomplishment for some people Absolutely. that is. So look at the little things. Don't look at it like, well, I didn't sell a million dollars this week. No, but Hey, did you, yeah. did you make yourself a cup of tea and and not spill it all over the place? Hey, success.
1: <laughs> well, you know, and, you, and it's baby steps. So when I very first started selling, My first job I ever got, I was selling industrial chemicals and it was $30 for a pack and I barely made any money at all. So I went from selling something that was over the phone for $30 a pack. I also sold magazines for like $10 a pop Mm -hmm. and uh, I sold photography for like $10 a pop, $8 a pop, even $4 a pop. And, uh, oh, I sold uh, newspaper subscriptions. I can't remember. That was, like, either 5 or $10. But what I'm saying is, like, I didn't start out selling a million dollars. Right. Like, I had to build my self-esteem up. Um, I remember, like, doing a proposal for $100,000 and saying to myself, oh, my God, that person's not going to buy this. You know? So, like, you have to, like, grow. Like, I've been doing it 31 businesses in th- probably 31 years and have always been – in a level of trying to grow and get educated,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and 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 that is so important too. Like um, your your folks that struggle with self confidence and things like that, go and read a hundred biographies. I mean, self help books are great, my book is amazing. It'll be a good jump start, but start reading over a hundred biographies, and what you're going to find is the most famous people in the world struggled. Yeah, they struggled.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Walt Disney, great example. He had a very failed career for a very long time and became a multi-multi-millionaire. And, uh, and a lot of his success later on in life was due to his brother Roy. A lot of people don't know that story. Uh, they just know of Walt Disney, but they don't know the business mind behind uh, the Walt Disney Corporation. But Walt Disney, I mean, they he struggled. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he finally got his first cartoon kind of off the... It, off the uh what do you want to call it successful it was like a cat the guy that he was uh, doing all the work for owned all of the rights to his cartoons yeah. and uh, the guy just decided to cut walt disney out so he took walt disney and all of his cartoonists and started doing that cat cartoon the, the first one that he got successful with and and this is kind of inspirational walt disney had this idea for steamboat willie which became mickey mouse that he had just like sketched on a napkin, he and his only remaining cartoonist and, uh, and one of his painters started um, doing the Mickey Mouse or Steamboat Willie cartoon that you know of today. And now it's like one of the biggest corporations in the world. Um, so one cartoonist and, uh, and one coloring artist, and you know who one of the coloring artists were?
0: Mm, I don't remember.
1: His wife. So it was his wife Oh, and, right. and his one cartoonist, and they carried on with his vision. But but a lot of people think that people that are successful never had any problems. Like me, I was working for an ad agency, and I got fired right before Christmas.
0: Ooh,
1: Literally fired right before Christmas. And best thing that could have happened to me, because I was in a situation where I was making low income, and I was going to probably stay there just based upon the way I was raised, just, I was probably going to stay there five years, but them firing me is like the best thing that could have happened to me because it gave me a reality that, Hey, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. I don't want to have my, my income tapped or capped. And, uh, and now I'm going into professional sales. I, I did the whole, uh, the whole corporate thing where I was a, uh, an account executive working with you know clients that were already signed or whatever mm-hmm. and uh, and they capped my income and then I went out and got more uh clients and they capped my income again and I'm like I can't have my income capped no and so I'm, like, I'm either going back and getting an MBA and I was in my early 20s or I'm going into sales instead I went into sales
0: good for you and you do have to take care of yourself and and fight for well, not fight that that's inaccurate, but you you have to strive for what's best for you, and um sorry about that,
1: I thought, my- oh, no worries, it is all good.
0: <laughs> I thought that was off, <laughs> so <clears throat> yeah, excuse me. So the subtitle of your book is Inspiring Better Futures in Business for Sales and Business Professionals by Providing Tools for Mental Manifestation. <laughs> I can say the no word, manifestation, yeah. yes. So, you know, that truly is, wraps up a lot of what our conversation has been. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so it, and it's a long, uh, uh, subtitle, but yet it's very like to the point tells me what I can expect and, and most certainly what your message is. So why did you become a motivational speaker?
1: Relevance. Um, I didn't think there was anybody I could relate to anymore that was in the space. Okay. Um I followed Zig Ziglar for years. I love Zig Ziglar. Love him. And uh you know, he was my surrogate father in the sense that my dad died at an early age. So I was left to kind of fend for myself and I really didn't have anybody to mentor me in business and Zig Ziglar, though he doesn't know it, mentored me in business. And Tony Robbins, closer to my age, he also mentored me in business. Mm-hmm. But but there was never anybody like me out there, in my opinion. I love Tom Hopkins, um, but he's not like me. Like, I'm different. I'm a mix between John Lennon and Steve Jobs. And there's nobody like me out there. And, and I actually use my own like podcasts that I do to motivate me someday. Mm -hmm. Some days, because like I've been in sales for 31 years, I honestly don't need the money anymore. And I'm not being arrogant. I've just put myself in a situation where I don't need the money. Somebody asked me the other. I I was talking to a client the other day and he said he wasn't going to buy from me. And he was really like felt bad that he wasn't going to buy from me because he thought it was like really going to hurt me. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't being arrogant. I was just being honest. And I was saying, you know what, you got to do what's best for you. And if, and if I'm not right for you and what I'm offering isn't right for you, please know that like I'm out of debt and I definitely don't need the money. And, uh, and the only reason I'm not retired yet is I can't touch my money. Cause I'm not 60. Like the majority of my money, I have to wait till I'm 60 technically. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but what I'm trying to relate is that, um, it's, 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 it's more than the, uh, it's more than the money. Uh, It's the game. It's the love of the game. And what I try to teach in in my book, Cindy, is mental tools. They don't teach mental tools. Most most sales books say things like overcoming objections, uh, (laughs) spin selling, uh, learn from a guy that's been in prison, uh, learn from a guy that used to be a drug addict. I've never been to prison. I've never been a drug addict. And also, I love Tony Robbins and I love Zig Ziglar. But like I'm a highly educated salesperson, you know, four year degree, MBA courses, read over 100 books. Um, I've sold very technical products that cost a million dollars. And and most of the people that teach what I teach are like car salespeople. And there's nothing wrong with car salespeople. Um, But but I've taught like things that take three years to sell. Because they're so expensive. And companies have to go out and find the money for it
0: right
1: so it's not so it's not just it's a fit they got to have the cash for it and, right. uh, and I've had the resilience to wait for the cash for it. Um, I've done but so I'm, I'm just trying to properly uh, properly describe this but somebody who's looking for like daily inspiration and mindset that they can use for the rest of their life. Mm-hmm. And they can keep coming back to it, and keep coming back to it, and keep coming back to it. That's what my book's all about. It, it drips on you in a, in a very concise ninety page uh, book. Um, what they can learn from me, and two, I'm humble in my book. I know I might sound arrogant, but 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 I realize like where I came from. Mm-hmm. Humble beginnings came to Dallas over 30 years ago with 300 bucks and within a month it was gone because I had a major car repair. So I was pretty much broke. I had to make cash to pay bills and get my apartment and get situated in the area. And I started waiting tables Mm -hmm. and, and two, like I'm not a uh, national honor society student in high school. I got C's B's and an A in art. Uh, I never did great on uh, any of the uh, standardized tests. I was not a straight A student, Um, but I'll tell you, like I had something happen when I was in high school, sophomore year of high school, where they made me get a job waiting tables. And actually it started off being a bus boy and I made a turn and I went from getting C's, B's and an A in art to almost getting straight A's. And the reason is because now I had a why, like my why was I need to get my grades up because I'm going to college. Cause I got to get educated because mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I could get a good job without being educated. Not that people can't make a lot of money without being educated. I don't want to say that Right. for me personally. And I don't want to say anything bad about waiting tables because the life skills that I learned waiting tables helps me every day.
0: Oh yeah. And it is it's a, the mind it, sharp. Is, it is a challenging position and you know, it's, it, it really bothers me to see people um, being not unkind to, you know, the waitresses and waiters because of the fact that for many of them, it's a secondary job or it's the job that they love to do or some don't care for their job, but like in any thing but you're it's not just like walk in take an order or walk to the back hand it to somebody else there's there's skill to it and <laughs> there are some personalities that do really well in it and there's some that don't and a lot of it comes from the heart you know
1: absolutely and 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 there's things you learn being a waiter and working with your bartenders and your other waitresses that you can learn that you can use the rest of your life. Yeah. And, and yeah. it should be noted that like there are restaurants that the food's expensive enough and the drinks flow enough that, that you can literally make six figures waiting tables and being a bartender. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's not going to be in every market though. You got to be <laughs> in a major city in a very expensive environment yes. to make that kind of money. I don't think you can make that in like uh, you know, a small town so to speak. But um. So I definitely don't want to downplay these jobs. But for me, it was a turning point and it was a why. Like as I'm I'm looking at this whole restaurant at age 16 that I have to, before I get off, I have to vacuum the whole restaurant. I have to clean the men's bathroom. I have to clean the women's bathroom. I have to walk outside and clean up all the trash around the whole restaurant. My why became so great that I just started ace and test left and right. Like, I'm just like, like, I wasn't trying to get A's. I was trying to get B's. <laughs> and, 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 but, but at some point my memory got better. Like my studying got better. Everything like got better. As I got focused on the goal, things really came into alignment. And and it goes back to the Bible, you know, without my vision, people, uh, without a vision, people perish. Once I got the vision, I was going to college and I was going to get finished up my high school career with good grades and, uh, you know, I went into college and started getting good grades too. I just took that same attitude and process that I learned in high school and I took it over to college. But again, I don't have a photographic memory. I'm not a national honor society. Like I learned every trick in the book to do well on tests. In fact, one of the tricks that you learn is if you don't know the answer, mark it B And, and don't, and don't change it up if you don't know the answer. And, and mark some of them B and some of them C, because probability-wise, if you mark every one you don't know B, you're going to get some of the ones you don't know right. Or C, you just have to pick a letter.
0: <laughs> Interesting. I guess I had never, I, I never thought of it that way. I never put that that. Thought well, there's in actually
1: or... there's a science to studying there's a science to test taking. And a lot of people don't know this, but like, it is so important when you take a test to have test attitude. Like I've taste, I've taken rigorous, rigorous tests. Okay. I've taken tests that literally take six hours to complete. Ugh. I've taken tests that take three and four hours to complete. They're on a computer. Nobody's there to help you. And, uh, it's pass fail. And, um, And when you're taking these kind of rigorous tests, test attitude is so important. Test resilience, learning to settle yourself down. Like, uh, people need to learn how to manage their themselves. True. And, and and my book teaches these things. My, my book teaches mental skills, mental mindset, state management. So important. Um, people don't know these things, but I'll just kind of share it with you. So, um, Robin Williams, very famous comedian, left us way too soon. Before Robin Williams went on to do his comedy show, he would sit in a silent room. Nobody could be in there with him. And he would just put his head in his hands and he would just like relax before he had to go on stage. Like nobody could be in the room. Nobody could talk to him. It was Robin needs this 30 minutes before he goes on stage.
0: I did not know that.
1: Yeah. 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 You just uh, in in me personally because i have a friend of mine that's in the rock and roll business and so he's gotten me backstage in different situations to meet famous people so i've witnessed some of these things where they're like uh, out of here we're 10 minutes before showtime everybody out of here because uh it's time for them to get into state tiger woods when he gets up to hit a golf ball he uh he you know he waggles the ball back and forth and you know and uh before he uh, addresses the ball, and that's state management. The guys in professional basketball, before they shoot their extra points, they they might dribble twice like they've done over a 1,000 times ever since they were 12 years old in their own backyard before they shoot their extra point, point. and that's state management. And life is about state management. That's how you become successful is learning how to manage your own state.
0: Wow it you know aha aha, aha it's like the, it, it yeah, a handful of aha uh-huh moments just transpired through through all of that and and yes, you know we don't when you're observing you don't always pick up those cues that that's what they're doing some people do some people don't some are just like just no. shoot the ball already or hit the ball you know? Um but it is a mental preparation and it is sinking you know into the center of self and and just taking that you know breath breath of air that we all need before we exert an energy and um and just coming in and 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 having that 30 minutes two second two dribbles of a ball moment of just kind of coming inside turning off the world outside and like yep i got this i can do this, this is so i'm doing it
1: it's so important like positive affirmations <clears throat> i teach about positive affirmations It's so important that you speak into existence what you want before you have it. I mean, one of the ways I was able to rise in my career and things like that over the years is just I'll be driving down the road and I have, you know, 30 minutes to 45 minutes in traffic. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I listen to rock music because that helps with state management, too. My music isn't going to maybe help everybody with the same. You know, everybody's going to have their own music that, uh, that jazzes them. Mm-hmm. For me, sometimes it is jazz music that jazzes me, but sometimes it's heavy metal. Sometimes it's hair metal. Sometimes it's a motivational speaker. I can't tell you, like, it's different. It's not the same thing every time. Sometimes it's me listening to me, but um, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, like, what jazzes you. It's all about, like, getting your state up so that you can perform, yes. and, and, and and positive affirmations are so important because what you're doing is you're speaking into existence that which doesn't exist yet. And uh, that's biblical too. Like, you know, speak under this uh, this tree or whatever and you make it grow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so you speak it into existence before it exists. And, and what you find is like people that are world famous have done that. Jim Carrey is one of the best examples. He wrote out a check to himself uh, and he was living in his car and the check said it was for a million dollars to Jim Carrey for... Um, for professional acting signed by Jim Carrey. So it was a check that he wrote out to himself <laughs> for a million dollars. And by God, he got a million dollars for acting. And and that's what it takes like vision mm-hmm. speaking into existence, things that don't exist yet. These, these things are so important. And it's, and it's not like some kind of crazy magical mythology that doesn't exist. It's, it's based on biblical knowns. It's based on, knowns that have been around the world since the beginning of time. Cindy, I got to sign off pretty quick because I actually got another appointment.
0: Nope. Oh, you're fine. So uh, in closing, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Yeah. So I've made that so easy. Saleswarriorinspire.com. That's my website. From there, you can buy my book, from there, you can buy my master class, which has seven hours of inspiration, instruction, and worksheets from me. Um, so it's all available right there. And from there, you can also link up to me for an ongoing basis. Cause as I do these inspirational podcasts with people like you, Cindy,
0: mm-hmm. it's
1: going to be available on my website as well as on my, uh, on my Facebook and things like that. You can link to me on Facebook right from my website. And uh, and two, you can get subscribed to my YouTube channel called Schools Out 80s Comedy Storytime. And we have famous people that we interview on Schools Out. Uh, We just interviewed a guy that toured with Ozzy Osbourne. Uh, We just interviewed a a person who used to write for famous comedians like Rodney Dangerfield. And uh, and we're getting ready in December to interview somebody that was... uh, the uh, the producer of the last Bill and Ted's uh, Greatest Adventure or whatever it was called, <laughs> Bill and Ted's movie that came out.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, he was the, uh, he was the producer for it, was on set the entire time with Keanu Reeves.
0: Nice. Nice. righty. Well, I thank you very, very much. Oh,
1: my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for providing this platform for your listeners and, and you can't be a motivational speaker if there's nowhere to, uh, motivationally speak so it takes yep. it takes a village
0: it does it's a it's a community it truly is so thank you
1: and absolutely
0: before we end our time together i'd like to say thank you for listening to my conversation with john to access his website and purchase the book he has written visit pen to paper backslash podcast and select the show notes page for this episode To receive future episodes in your inbox, subscribe to the newsletter and follow this podcast on your favorite applications. You are invited to share your favorite episodes with individuals you feel will resonate with the content. Take care. And until next time, keep your pen to paper and write. Your words have power. Your story matters. Bye for now.